was just piecing it together and I was doing it all myself and I, and I was like, how can I turn what Luca did, this story, into something for everybody because it, it's not just about autism. It's about we, we all beat ourselves up and we, you know, we show up to take yoga classes because we don't, we're not happy with our bodies and, and then we have to wear the right clothes because you know, so-and-so is wearing those clothes and then we have to drive the right car and do we have the right job and it's just a constant barrage of all these messages coming in to look and feel and be a certain way and, and all he did was write love backwards and it was like, no, that's what it's about. It's about, okay, I have to just stop worrying about all that and how people see me and I just have to start loving who I am and who he is and who my husband is and we all just have to start loving ourselves for who we are and so that was Wendy Garofalo and this is the Yogi Triathlete podcast Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. This is Jess, I'm your host, and today I'm recording this intro and outro from Boulder, Colorado. Ah, oh, we love it in Boulder. Uh, BJ and I are here to race the Boulder Peak Triathlon tomorrow and reconnect with friends and a town that rests so very deep in our hearts. Our move to Boulder in our late 20s from New England was a tremendously transformative experience for us both. It was our first taste of life with space. A home where quality of life far outweighs professional status and a mecca of health and wellness that I personally soaked up for our nine plus years of living here. It shifted our view of life and our view of what was important. And it was also the birthplace of our sweet, dear yogi triathlete. It was during a solo yoga practice well over a decade ago when I realized I was the only triathlete I knew practicing yoga. It was what our guest today would call a download, and it was a download that I listened to. A dormant domain name for several years, Yogi Triathlete eventually became my personal blog where I wrote about yoga and triathlon, but she's always had a life force of her own, and, and I knew even from the first download that she was going to be something. I just didn't know that she was going to be our life's purpose. And over the years, she has grown ever so organically into the YT of today, a holistic performance coaching company with a global community. The Yogi Triathlete podcast is the place where every week we bring you the stories of people looking, finding, and living their purpose. Part of a bigger plan, the grand mission that you guys may or may not know that we have, it's to create a better world. And we do this by bringing out the best in our athletes so that they can be their best humans, right? Like if we're the best in our athletic world, then we can be the best everywhere if we learn how to apply our gifts and our skills seamlessly throughout our lives. We do this by teaching mindfulness in our yoga classes so that there are more conscious choices being made in the world. Could you imagine a world where people were in control of their emotions and their choices? And we do it by promoting a healthy lifestyle through plant-based nutrition so that we can help the athletes, but that we can also help the animals and the earth. And we do it by creating more connection in the world through this podcast so that no one ever has to feel alone or uninspired or stuck ever again. No matter the mountain in front of us and no matter how insurmountable that wave of life appears, there is always a way. 
And not only is there always a way, but our experience as seasoned mountain climbers at this point in our life is that the enlightened perspective that we gain on the other side is one that would never be possible if we were not willing to take the first step forward. Wendy Garofalo is far too familiar with the insurmountable climb and the massive life shift that comes with the territory. Although there were times that she secretly hoped her family's mountain would be minimized to a hill or just a bump in the road, as a yoga teacher, Wendy knows the importance of perspective shifting and truth and their value in living out a fully expressed life. She understands that the teachings of yoga are not just something you memorize, but ones that you live by, and that when fully embodied, will provide the strength, the space, and peace needed to make our climb. Wendy always knew she wanted to have children, and during the middle of the night, one evening, as she walked around a track for charity with her husband, Rob, he expressed that he wanted the very same. Making a pact to wait another year to allow for some much-desired travel and more couple time, they walked off into the night at peace with their future family plan. Little did they know, life had another plan, and one that was already in the making. It showed its face quickly and continually progressed to change everything they envisioned as partners and parents. This unexpected path challenged them in ways they never knew possible. It shifted their perspectives in ways they never dreamed of or maybe even wanted. And for Wendy, it birthed a new purpose in her life, one that would wrap her family, her yoga, and her professional path into a big old envelope of love. This is the story of a mom, a yogi, a family, and a very special boy named Luca. It's a story for everyone and a teaching for all of us that the mountain in your life that maybe you wish so very hard to go away may just be the one to set you free. Wendy shows us that when we lighten up our grip on life and all the things we hold to be true in our beliefs, we give space to the beauty of life and purpose to unfold. It's about keeping our perspectives fluid so that in a moment of silence, we may just hear that deep calling that says, Hey, you, yeah, you, this is what you're supposed to do with your life. And this is exactly what happened to Wendy. Leader, yogi, warrior mom, and wife living her purpose to teach and remind us all that we are love. Let's see, how should we just start uncracking this whole story. Where do you want to start? <laughs> Let's start the day that you found out you were pregnant. He's your first child. Yes, and uh, we weren't planning on it. My husband and I, we had been married for two years. And um, about two weeks before, uh, I had gotten my husband to walk around a track for charity and I had signed up for like the 1 a.m. time slot because I'm, I was crazy like that before my kids. So we're walking, and um, we had talked before, and he's like, let's wait a year. Let's let's not talk the kid thing. I just am not ready yet. And, and that night, I had gotten him. We're walking around the track, and in that moment, he goes, okay, we can have kids, just not right now. And I was like, 
okay. He's like, because we had we were trying to go to Thailand and do all these things, and I was like, okay, great, that that works for and me. And did you really want to have like? Had you always known that you wanted to have? I did. Children, yeah. yeah. And that's what that's what's because I don't have children, and and when I was like in my mid thirties, when everybody had kids, I mean, we've got it's like that rush that, that we, we have know. like one couple didn't. that mm-hmm. we're very mm-hmm. close friends with that don't have children and. I was so like in every it's amazing what people say to you. Yeah. When you're a woman and you don't in prime, yeah, yeah. Having children and you don't have children. It's amazing what people say to you. Yeah. And um and I remember somebody said to me, my friend Meredith said, if you if it was in your path to have children, let me tell you something, you would know and yeah. you would have known for a long time. Totally. And yeah. I was like, okay, good. So you always knew. I always knew. My husband didn't. He was like, I don't know about this whole thing. But that night he agreed to it. And about a week later we found out we were pregnant. So it wasn't my plan. But I think that the universe was like, all right, good thing because this is happening. So congratulations. Um, so we were a little bit freaked out. And, you know, timing, we were like, what? what? Yeah. <laughs> um I was teaching yoga, and I didn't know anybody who had any kids. And I was like, "What am I going to do? Like, who are my people going to be?" And but all of luckily, this, like, into in the, the future, future. Yeah. yeah, into the exactly. future, worrying about. I was leading teacher trainings, and then the gal who I was leading teacher trainings with, about two months later, found out she was pregnant, and I was like, "Yes!" And then it just trickled from there. Like all of my yoga teacher friends. Ended up getting pregnant, and we all ended up having a boy, and then we all ended up getting pregnant again and having a girl, which is amazing. <laughs> like there's something in the water or whatever we studied that just has made us all kind of on this path together. It was exciting. Um, we found out we were having a boy. It was a rough time. My husband's father was going through some cancer, so it was. I remember the beginning being kind of rocky. Like, okay, we're excited, but there's all this heavy stuff going on in our lives, and um, the duality of life. The duality it was yeah. tough, and bodies changing, and you know, I was really sick at the beginning, and then not. It was, but it was interesting because then second trimester, I got all this energy and had all these like downloads of like, okay, I'm gonna do. It was. It was when. Um, People were doing, what did you call them? We would show up at a park and all these people would start dancing. Flash together. mobs. Flash mob. I'm like, yes. I'm doing a yoga flash mob. Like I had all these like <laughs> inspirations. I'm like, this is what we're doing and this is what's happening. And then and then I hit the third trimester and I was like, okay, I take it back. I'm going to bed and I'll see you guys in a few months. But when he, when he came, it was amazing and uh, tough. And I looked at my husband and I said, we're adopting after this because that was really hard. <laughs> What do you mean hard? Like the Just labor? labor. Yeah. It was hard. It was it was draining. It was like, you know, it was all the things that labor <laughs> is. Did you have a natural birth with him? I did not with him. I tried. And uh, I had a doula, one of my best friends who's a yoga teacher, and it was her first time being a doula. She had to get like three under her belt to be an official doula, and I was her first of the trial, like, let's try three of these. <laughs> and I remember she and I just kind of looking at each other at one point being like, what is this? What did we get ourselves into? Um, but she was amazing. And, uh, but I, I just, I came from a place where my sister was like, get the epidural. Don't think twice about it. Just do it. Don't be anybody's hero. And so I tried for a while, but I wasn't prepared and I hadn't really thought there wasn't much in terms of, I'm sure there was, but not in the circles that I ran around in with yoga and 
besides prenatal yoga, and there wasn't a ton at the time, which seems crazy because there's a lot now, and it was only six or so years ago, and I, I just wasn't in that mental state. So pain came, and I wanted it to go away. I wanted to run away from it as fast mm-hmm. as I could. So I had an epidural. I had Pitocin, which was affecting his heartbeat, so they took me off that, and then they tried to let the epidural wear out, and it was... It's a crazy recipe. Yeah. I've played doula with my girlfriend when she was giving birth. I mean, I'm not a doula, but she was like, I want you there. You're my doula. I'm like, all right, I'll be your doula. Let's do it. Yeah. And it's crazy. Nothing went to plan. Nothing. Nothing went to plan at all. Like, we were like, yeah, we're going to do this natural. Yeah, we're going to, it's all going to be like awesome. It's going to come on this day. And and it was insane. It was like almost two weeks after he was supposed to be due and she was just so pregnant and so but then being in the hospital with her and just seeing all like the the quick decisions that were being made and then all of a sudden it moved into like a panic and like that energy and it's like whoa this is insane it's amazing they haven't like it's still unpredictable up yeah. until the very moment after all these births that have happened. Like, yeah. It's still one thing where you just, it's I not I always concrete. say, because then I, I was teaching prenatal yoga, in fact, like through my pregnancy with Luca, and I was listening to myself, I suppose, but uh, your birth will be what it needs to be, not only for you to birth a child, but for you to birth yourself as a mother, because you're changing. Mm-hmm. And so it was, my birth was very reminiscent of who I am, of kind of a, I'm a dip my toe and see the temperature and back up and dry it off and then dip my toe again and feel it and see how it is <laughs> until I'm comfortable with the temperature when I will like cannonball in. And so that was very much a like, okay, I'm going to dry it this way, but now no, I'm going to back up and I want it to go away. And then I'm going to dry a little bit more. So it was it was my personality, and it did that enough to the point where I was like, get him out. <laughs> and, you know, then I became a mother, and I remember leaving the hospital being like, I don't even know who I am right now. Like, this is, like, if you asked me to teach a yoga class right now, I, I don't know what that one pose, is it downward dog? I'm like, I don't know what that is all of a sudden. Like, my mind, my whole universe shifted, and it was all about him. And Luca, and he, you know, I was a crazy person. My, I, your hormones are all over the place, and um, I was super paranoid. I wouldn't go like more than five feet away from him. If I did, I needed like eyes on him, and you know, he can't move. I was, I was a little bit crazy. I remember the first time I went to the store without him, the grocery store. So I was gone for maybe twenty-five minutes, and I was a wreck. I was like, I think there's so, <sighs> so many stressed. women that are going to be listening to this that are. And be like, yes, yeah, yes, that was me, yeah, yes, that was me. Yeah. And so, luckily, thank God, with my second, I learned a lot, and and I did do all natural, and I knew what to expect. So I had that comfort level with it, and uh, did a lot of just things differently. So grateful to have the two experiences to know what people go through because I did not love the epidural. It was an awkward feeling. It was like the way they put the IV was killing me and my thumb and then the pain afterwards and just things didn't go the way my body wanted them to go. They they went the way the doctor wanted it to go, which, so I took control on the second birth, which was really Mm. empowering being like, no, this is how this is happening. And I remember my doula, same doula, she was laughing hysterically. She was like, you are not a bossy person and I've never seen you be so bossy because we were only at the hospital for 45 minutes before she came flying out my second. So after Luca was born, did you have 
because I, I worked as a massage therapist for a long time and I'd work with I'd work with mothers leading up to their pregnancy and then always after their pregnancy too and mm-hmm. so I've witnessed to many tears being shed about the feeling that they lost control mm-hmm. at the hospital or that they wished it had gone another way did you have any of those feelings or were you just so shifted into yeah. Luca that you were like okay that's yeah. In the past. and I was that way because I didn't, I had a plan, but I, I wasn't stuck to it. So I, I didn't have that meltdown after. I just, I just, I had a struggle knowing who I was and how to balance. Like, who's this, my husband? <laughs> like, who are you? I feel like you're just my roommate. Like, who are you? And how does this whole three person thing work? And that was a big struggle for us for a while to be like, okay, I'm like, my whole life is this baby. And I don't know who you are because <laughs> yeah. he was sick for like two weeks. And so I quarantined him to like the guest room. I was like, don't come anywhere near me or the baby. <laughs> I, was, I was a crazy person. It took about six months, and we finally kind of figured things out. And I was like, oh, I really do need you in my life, and you are amazing. And he, he's my grounding force because as a yoga person, we, I love, you know, all the spiritual side, and I get caught up with that. And he's really good at being like, oh, wait, you have feet back on the ground. And it's okay to laugh and to laugh at yourself and to laugh at the yoga and just and to, to laugh be at real. the chaos of the world. He's very real, yeah. and he's he's in New York. He, he's a Connecticut person, but he reminds me of a New Yorker because he's like, let's just tell it how it is and let's just be honest mm-hmm. and be real. And this is what's happening, and, and here's what we're doing. Yeah, I love that that um, we just got to meet your husband Rob, and yeah. he's from New England, so yeah. that's sparked <laughs> up a really quick like 15 minute mm-hmm. powwow with him. Yeah, he's, how is Luca as a baby? He was great. He was a really good baby. He he had a way of, because, you know, you're new parents, we didn't know what to do. And I started reading the books, and the books made me crazier because it's all these, like, with this, if you don't do this, then this happens. And if he doesn't get enough of this, then it could, ha- it could lead to this. And it was just all these scenarios that I couldn't, I didn't have room for in my mind. And so I'm like, I'm just going to do this <laughs> with my heart and see what happens. And Luca was great at always letting me know when he was done with a phase. Like he, he had a pacifier for a while, um, until about five months. And then one day he was in his crib and he literally just took it out and he just chucked it. <laughs> and I could not it. get it back in his mouth, like ever like, again. Done. He was like, I'm, I'm done with that. Like, yeah. I just Very like that. logical. Like, I'm done, mom. This is done. Yep. Yeah. Next. Um, what's next? Yeah. And, um, I remember he, so he started talking really, really young. He was 11 months when he started saying words and, I remember the pediatrician at his year checkup, it was like, okay, roughly how many words is he saying? She goes, is it about five? And I was like, like, um, at about a year, he was at about 30 or maybe 40 words that he would say. And you knew what he was saying. It was just one word. But I, she goes, yeah, like she kind of blew it off. Like, yeah, you're a mom and mom's kind of, you know. Over. Yeah, exaggerate. And I was like, no, literally, like I... I think it were close to 50, but she was like, whatever. And then uh, it just proceeded from there. Um, I, I led a yoga retreat to Italy when he was 15 months old, and I took him with me, and my mom came to help watch him. And I, was, and I found out I was pregnant as well shortly before that with my second. He just cracked everybody up in, in Italy. He was a hoot. He would like saying happy birthday to people and he was just I mean he was 15 months and speaking like full sentences and 
I remember shortly coming back after Italy and he had this, this deck of cards that had pictures and, and words at the bottom and there was probably 30 and they were on both sides. <clears throat> so I had like dog and house and bird and cat and, and so each one had about three words on it and my husband and I were in the kitchen and we were talking about the garden and that I needed some ladybugs because we were having some aphids and um, he just, he was like, playing near us and he got up and walked away and went to the living room but we kept talking and about two minutes later he had gotten and taken out taken out his whole deck of cards filtered through them there's one that has a ladybug on it and he brought it in and he was like mama ladybug I'm like I you I can't believe it. you just translated what I said and grabbed a ladybug card and brought it to me like it was we both just look, kind of looked at each other. Rob and I, and we were like, did that just happen? Like, he just, he he knew all of his letters because we had these letters that I had taken with us to Italy because they're small and compact and we could put them on the bathtub and whatever. And I remember him finding one in his car seat and going, Purple X, what are you doing here? Like, he just, you know, he knew every letter. He knew colors. He knew so much. So what were, were you having thoughts about that? Like... I wasn't. Everybody Maybe that he's going to be gifted. He's going to be on That's Incredible. <laughs> that's what I was. Oh, that's what I kept thinking. And, and everybody that knew him, and I posted videos a lot because people were like, keep posting because his voice is so funny and you can't believe like what he's saying. And he was using words like delicious. You know, he's 16. And at like six, so at 16 months. months? Yeah. Like we'd smell the flowers and he'd go, those are delicious. <laughs> And he knew, like, he had a puppets, and one of them was a paleontologist. And he'd be like, that's a paleontologist. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, you know, he wanted to know what an octagon was. And he was just, it was... So really curious. Really curious and really good with words. So we didn't have any concerns at that time. Everybody that we met was like, oh, your son's a genius. Like, you're just... <laughs> right. It's amazing. Yeah. So because we had... He's you know, like baby I, Einstein. Yeah. He just <laughs> knew... All these words. I remember he was serving, we were at some friend's house having dinner, and we had had dinner, and people were having seconds, and so he was scooping salad onto somebody's plate for them, because he was fascinated with the whole scooping thing, but he looked at them, and he goes, do you want capers? <laughs> and they were like, um, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, but, but we realized now... Um, because we just, my husband and I just went through a speech therapy training. And so looking back now, we realized that it was a lot of, it was, they call it echolalia. And so he would just repeat things that he had heard. And so he could hear something and retain it, but not really understand or know its meaning. But he could throw it out there. So somebody, you know, 10 minutes before that had said, do you want capers? Are you guys okay with capers on your salad? And so he retained that and... and associated it with the salad and so he has a great association with words but he didn't really understand he was just repeating phrases mm -hmm. I even remember my my dad it's has like a, a mirroring yeah and my dad has he loves to teach them you know funny sayings and we were in Jackson Hole with them and um, there was this horse picture up on the wall and my dad was like, look at that high horse, get off your high horse. And Luca thought it was hysterical, that phrase of get off your high horse. Had no idea what it meant, but a month later I'm at the park with him and this little girl, he, he was not quite two because I was almost had had obvious, he was probably 18 months and she was like, 
pushing him down the slide and he didn't want to go and he turned around and he looked at her and he goes, get off your high horse. And then he came down the slide and I was like, you just use that in the right instance. He has no idea what it means, but I was But there like, was like a part of him that was showing up as almost like adult-like. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was like, yeah, get off your high so horse. So how did it, how did his like development progress to a point where you really were starting to yeah. question things? <laughs> So he kept developing and kept learning and was just still blowing my mind smart. And then I had Aviana, and she got a little bit older. He he was having a struggle with pronouns, and so he would say, you would ask him, do you want some pasta or do you want breakfast? And he'd go, you do. He always said, you do. He never answered I. And at first it was really cute and we thought it was funny and, and it was like Abbott and Costello at our house and we'd be like, you do? Who does? I do? And we'd try to get him out of it, but it, it was um, it was fun for a while. And then a friend of mine who, who was actually my doula, she had worked at a preschool with some special needs kids and she said, there was a kid there who had it. Some, she said, I can't remember what it was. It wasn't autism, but he had something and he had a struggle with pronouns. So she goes, I would just watch it and maybe look into that. And so that was kind of a red flag. But when she said that to you, did that... Did I hide something? Yeah, like, how did you receive that? <laughs> well, she wasn't the first. Um, my husband was actually the first. And so I'll tell you that one because that was the hardest one for me. He, uh, my husband came into the bathroom one morning. We had moved here. So Luca was almost four three yeah almost four and um he came in and he had this look on his face and I was like what and he's like I I just was on the website for autism and he's like I'm just checking all the boxes he's like I really think that Luca might have autism and that was like like I took my breath away it sort of felt like somebody punched me in the belly and I was like I because I, he had kept trying to, Luca at the time was obsessed with things like light switches. And whenever we'd get home, he had to push the garage door button. And if he didn't like fall and meltdown. And I kept mentioning things to friends and they'd be like, oh, my kid was obsessed with that too. Or my kid was obsessed with And it's so easy to say like, okay, it's normal. Yeah. It's normal. Don't and be fearful. Yeah. Don't be and fearful. And so my husband kept, he never said the, the word autism, but he kept pushing kept saying, I don't know if this is normal. And I, I, and I'm like, honey, I'm around kids a lot more than you are. Like my, all my mom friends are like, my kid totally did that. I said, I'm not that concerned about it. He's three. They have these, mm. you know, habits and these things that they get into. And I kept pushing it off. And Rob and that, like ends up being the messenger. Yeah. And that yeah. morning when he came in and he was like, no, I really think there's something. I was like deer in the headlights and I, kind of pushed him off and and had to you know come downstairs and deal with the kids and and so that whole day it was really heavy on my mind and and then I think that then my friend had come a day or so later and and that's when she said something to me about the verbiage and because I had confided in her that Rob was concerned and she's like it's worth looking into and um Rob was like you know it's we just it's something we need to figure out and see and so I finally I was, I think Luca was at, sc at school, and I was sitting with Aviana. She was only, she wasn't even two, but she could talk to the point where she could have a conversation with me. You know, hard to understand her, but I'm her mom, so I knew what she was saying. And we went back and forth, maybe two 
times or three times where she asked me something and I answered and expanded and asked her and she answered and expanded and then it came back and I and I stopped for a moment and I was like I've never done that with Luca and and I just didn't know you know because he was our first you just didn't know that kids develop social language very naturally of like here we go this is conversation and I and I just realized in that moment I was like okay maybe there is something because when I ask him a question, he first of all answers with you do or that sort of thing. He he doesn't expand on that ever. And and so getting him to have a conversation is kind of like pulling teeth. Like he's got all these great words and these phrases that he can use. And usually he'll just give me something that he knows is appropriate in that moment. And then I can move on. And, and so I, that was sort of when I was like, okay, let's see what it is. And we went from there. It was right before Christmas, <laughs> so it was kind of a a tough Christmas because we were on the we didn't know when we were trying to figure out how do we find out and where do we go and so people suggested we go through the school district and of course it's Christmas so everybody's off and so we're like let's wait until after the holidays and and do it but it was kind of a heavy holidays for us because we're like wondering but it did it because that was looming, we shifted the way that we were interacting with him and, and we became much more patient and understanding and, and we were like, okay, maybe if there is something, maybe the way that, because we were getting really frustrated with him a lot and so maybe he needs some space there. So we, we shifted ourselves. And were you doing, like, were you going to like an autism website and kind of looking at different things and and maybe tools that you were now putting into application with him? I was looking at the autism websites, but there wasn't... The The struggle is that the autism spectrum is so big mm-hmm. that there aren't specific tools. And so we were looking more at Asperger's stuff because that seemed to be more in line with him. But I was also reading into sensory processing disorders because um, I'm like, maybe it's that. Like, there's there's so much out there. And This again, was all during was, the holidays. So yeah. You're, so you're like, kind of doing daunting. this investigation. <laughs> and you had family. I'm assuming you had family. We stayed here that holiday. I think we went somewhere right after. We may have gone back east. I don't remember. It's all kind of a fog. Um, and so did you share with them? Or was it just kind of like you guys were keeping it to yourselves? To- I shared it with my immediate family family, my sister, who I'm very close with, and my mom and my dad and my stepmom because they come out a lot. We hadn't shared it with Rob's family because he really wanted to do it in person Mm -hmm. and they're on the East Coast. And so we didn't want to bog them down with anything until we knew. And so we, I remember going in for our evaluation, his first one, which was in February, and Luca loved it. Like it was three hours of these four women, different therapists, sitting with him at a table, like quizzing him on things and shapes and colors. And and he was like, this is awesome. Like they looked at us at one point and they're like, kids at his age usually don't sit. It's been an hour and a half now. They usually don't sit this long to answer things. And he was just like being engaged, but he didn't have to, like all he had to do was like answer it and like, yeah. and rely on what he knew. Mm-hmm. Like, like yeah, just, it was games for him. It yeah. was like, especially when it came to like um, shape, they'd show him like a triangle put together with a few different shapes and then they'd give him the shapes and he had to match the picture. And he was like, they kept going and they're like, okay, we're going to do 
what seven-year-olds would do now, you know, and they, kept, and they just kept going just to see. And so that was something he really excelled at. And we, we sat and watched, and, and then he took a little break and came back. And so my husband and I were kind of like, oh, it was awesome. I didn't know he knew all that. Did you know that he knew that? And we were like, no. And it kind of just went back to, like, all his whole thing. He sort of knows when he knows, and he's ready for this and that, and he just tells you when he's ready to learn something. They went and observed him at school, which we didn't get to see, and uh, they sent us a report, which was, I think, what really broke our hearts. And because the the evaluation had gone so well, we were like, "This is so fun!" And he was so, you know, engaged and happy. And I mean, after the evaluation, he came over and gave me a hug and Rob a hug, which he wasn't doing at that time. We were like, "Okay, this is cool." But then watching him at school, they they wrote up things where. All the kids would go out and play, and Luca would just lay down and and kind of trace lines on the ground, and they'd step over him, and just kind of reading through that for my husband and I, we, we were bummed. My husband's super social. You know, we're both social people. He's very extroverted and, and um, like, life of the party, and so he was like, how, you know, how's he not playing with these other kids and, and what's happening? And... Um, so they recommended this program for him, which was great. And they're like, we want to start him Monday, like this was on a Thursday when we got the diagnosis. And, and uh, we were like, yeah, yes, great, we'll do it. And so then it, it took us, I was kind of there by the time we got the diagnosis, yeah, I was, gonna I was ask, ready. What was that moment like? I, I don't like to say hopeful because now I like can't imagine us not having it and it, it doesn't seem to sort of I don't know it's just a part of who he is and why I love him but at that time I was hopeful that that's that it wouldn't be autism that they would say sensory processing or ADHD or whatever but I knew it wouldn't be ADD because he was such a focused kid (laughs) so when they gave that to us when they were they put him on the autism spectrum and they explained to us that they do they no longer diagnose Asperger's there was three that that um, they used to diagnose and now all of them are autism spectrum disorder and so they explained it all to us and and it was my husband's birthday and we were just kind of deflated and um it was tough. It was there was a grieving process for sure especially for my husband because I had spent the month in between when they evaluated him to we getting to us getting the diagnosis, kind of mulling it around in my head and, and thinking about, okay, well, what can we do if, like, now How is your that. yoga playing in with this? <clears throat> it was tough. I, um, I found myself not going to, to take classes. I was afraid of somebody would put me in pigeon and I would just lose it. Um, so I was practicing at home as much as I could and I, I was just, I was afraid. I was, I wanted to be with him as much as possible. It was hard to, to know who I could leave him with because we were in this limbo state and, and he was so obsessed with certain things and he'd melt down over little things and I'm like, I don't, I, I don't want to put that on a babysitter. Like I just am not ready 
So I was here a lot with him. And um, what kind of tools were you using from like the teachings of yoga? Did you have a meditation sure. practice at the time? Yoga Nidra. Because <laughs> mm. I was exhausted. For people who don't know, oh, that must have been just absolute medicine for you. Yeah. Just for people who don't know Yoga Nidra, what is, Yoga Nidra is one of my favorites yeah. and it's one of my favorites for athletes because oh, they for tend sure. to just run 100 million miles an hour into a wall over and over again. Yeah. But yeah, so what is a yoga nidra? Yoga nidra basically is yogi sleep. Um, <laughs> it's the bomb. But yeah. I, uh, Luca was in school and Aviana was still napping. And so I would lay on the bed with her and I would put yoga nidra on for both of us and we'd both fall asleep to it. Basically, it's about a 45-minute meditation when I was doing it's it's amazing. It just gets, it's supposed to get you into this state of where you're not asleep, but you're not awake and you're just where your body can rest. Um, but I usually always fell asleep because I was just so exhausted from just trying to, A, I had all this going on in my mind, but I wanted to put on a happy face for Luca, you know, and, and Aviana and be like, oh, everything's great. You know, but meanwhile, I'm like, what is going on? I don't know. It's a and massive so, expenditure of yeah, energy. Yeah. Like so, having that weight yeah. on you. So the thought of going to take like a vinyasa class just sounded daunting to me. It was like the, like somebody just lay me with a bolster and leave me alone. <laughs> That's all I wanted to do. Um, but, but the yoga nidra was nice to give my mind that moment of rest and, and definitely something I And it's, it's listening to like the instructor and moving your awareness around your, yeah, around you your body. Yeah, you go through a body scan and then you go through opposites and so feel like cold right now and like you're walking in snow with bare feet and like and that I remember when I was pregnant I was doing that a lot because I was so hot <laughs> it was at in October and it was just hot and I was, I was listening to yoga nidra just to get to that point of the cold I was like oh, thank god yes walking in snow and so they do hot and cold and then you can run through different scenarios in your mind like worst case scenario best case scenario like you just it just gives your mind something to focus on until you get to this state and the one that I listen to is by one of my um, teachers whom I've had forever Julie Rader so she has been a teacher of mine for many years so her voice just has a way of getting right to that spot that I needed to get to quickly and um, how do you think like <clears throat> I guess your own personal experience but that would translate to a bigger question of how people can use yoga nidra to help them process during intense times yeah. like how did that help you process during those times it just your mind is constantly going and thinking and you're wondering when your kid does something or gets obsessed you're like is that the autism is that my kid what is it what is autism and there's so much information out there and then there's all these websites and things of why do you think it's on such an uprise and all these you know theories and all this stuff that it's overwhelming and so it it just gives you a moment to come back to yourself to be like okay I am just breathing and I'm feeling and I'm feeling my ears and I'm feeling my feet and I'm realizing that I'm in this and in this game and and I need to just feel and be present because that all those thoughts take you out of the moment mm -hmm. and and when you're out of that moment it became really easy for me to lose touch with my husband and people close in my life and just throw all my energy at Luca, which is not fair to him for me to be like this constant 
person over his shoulder, like, you know, why are you doing that? What's going on? You know, just, I needed to give him space. It just, it gave me space to be me and to, to say, okay, this is tough and I'm, I'm, I'm processing a lot and I'm heartbroken and I'm thinking, what did I do wrong? Um, and go, going through that whole guilt stage and, and I did need to and needed to process that to get to a space where I can be like, okay, now what can I do? Because um, I yeah. can't. So when did you and Rob kind of come together after the diagnosis? Like when, um, I think it's in the, um, the Tao maybe, where it's, can you be patient enough for the mud to settle and the water to be clear again? Yeah. So when did the water become clear again? <clears throat> um... Or is it? <laughs> it has. I mean, it's constantly getting, yeah. it's life, so it's constantly getting stirred up. But, but in those days following that diagnosis. It took us a couple months. Um, and to, and because I was filtering through what's the best therapy and what do we need to do and, and what, and, you know, he's busy working and providing and, and I'm saying, okay, now we're going to be doing this therapy and it's going to cost this amount. And he's like, all right, let's just do it. We'll figure it out. You know, so we're, you know, thank God we're, we manage things together very well. Or he's like, I'll figure that part out. You just figure out what's the best for him. And he looked at me one day and he said, you know, he's still the same kid that we've always loved. So he hasn't changed and we've loved him now, now there's just something new and something that we need to adjust to. And, um, and with all the yoga, I was like, yeah, I, cause I, it's funny his the year leading up to his diagnosis, I was blogging about everything I was learning from him. I called the mama lessons. And so I was putting out all these mama lessons and people were loving them. And I was talking about them in yoga and I was, you know, just taking lessons as being a mom and kids and, and changing them, and I'm like, I need to keep doing that. I need to keep, especially now, because I learned so much from him. He's just such an amazing kid, and, and I really think he's just, he's much more of a yogi than I am. He's just, he's in his moments. He's mm-hmm. it's all about right now and not what happened in the past or what the future is going to look like. He's like, what's happening right now? And <laughs> How can we laugh in this moment? And so it took us maybe two months, and, and then we were like, okay. And, and we started doing therapies, and we had one therapist come in that was just not <laughs> a good fit at all. And um, so my husband's great, because after she left, he was like, absolutely not. Because <laughs> I'm much more like, what did you think? I'm <laughs> the reserved... I am something's bubbling up, and he was like, "No way!" Yeah, no. The New Englanders, no. you're not yeah. gonna waste any yeah. time. You're gonna cut that time, move forward. He was like, yeah. "She looked terrified the whole time." I'm like, "She did, right?" So, um, yeah. So we were we were both just kind of on a mission of, okay, how do we? Because we we knew he was amazing, and we're like, okay, how do we just help him now? Because there's pieces that we need to help him with. How do we do that? Yeah. So now that you're all like on board, right? The whole family's on the train. Everybody's got clarity now. Like, okay, good. Now here we are over the grieving process for the most part. What changes were you seeing in him, if any, or maybe changes in yourselves? Yeah, I think it was more changes in ourselves and and now getting deeper into the research because now we had the diagnosis and now we could dive in a little bit more. And I was reading amazing, amazing things from Temple Grandin, who's a woman with autism. There's a movie about her. 
she's just very, she's incredibly intelligent. And so she's able to speak about what's going on in her mind. And so just reading some of her books and getting a little bit of a glimpse into how his mind might work. Um, and he's so smart. So he started doing words of the day because he just wanted to learn. Like, and, and learning helped keep him out of tantruming. And so we were doing words of the day and he wanted to learn Spanish. So we were doing an English word of the day and a Spanish word of the day. And we'd go from A to Z and then we'd start over again at A. And so he's, you know, four, four and a half. And he's like, he can read all these words like octagon and, and spell them out and xylophone and you know we were just having fun with that and trying to use them in a sentence and I just I was I was coming up with my own ways to teach him and to keep him present and to keep him in the moment and so it was it was fun and in that fun we were starting to trust more people with him and finding our own tools and dealing with him and we found a really amazing occupational therapist who was one of my former students who reached out to me after I had posted what we were going through and she's like I love your story and I'd love to help and so she was coming for a while and she was so helpful in just helping us understand his sensory processing stuff and how much is coming in and and how we can help him filter it and what's valid and yeah he's she was amazing because he was He's, he goes from being obsessed with certain things, so letters for a while, which got us into how we started the business, and, and then it was colors, and uh, he he was adamant that he hated the color blue. Like, he would run up to somebody who had a blue shirt on and was like, I, I don't like your shirt. I don't like blue. <laughs> <laughs> like, random people, and they That's were awesome. like, oh, okay. Um, he's like, Appreciate I really, your honesty. <laughs> he was like, I, I love red. And, and, um, so she goes, why don't you go to Home Depot and get a bunch of paint swatches, cards and bring them home and we'll, we'll write lists on them. And maybe we'll write lists on the blue ones just to see how he does with that. And, uh, so we decided cause he was melting down over little things, silly things like his, he would have a meltdown for like an hour, uh, sometimes two where I couldn't get him past things. How did you navigate those moments of like the meltdowns and the tantrums? Oh, like, what do those look like? Like, we hear that, like, oh, the yeah. autism tantrums, but what is a tantrum? What did it look like? What's the reality of it? So, one in particular I'll never forget. My, hus- we, my husband and I had met with the kids at Albertsons. We were in two separate cars and we did some grocery shopping and then we got in our separate cars and I had given him some grapes to munch on on the way home. I mean, it's five minutes from the house but one had fallen on the ground or something, but we shut the door and, and I got in my car and took off and like, like pull in the garage and there's no, I'm like, where did they go? They're not here. 15 minutes later, they pull in and I hear him screaming from the car and Rob gets out and he, his voice is hoarse too from yelling and he's like, you gotta deal with this. And he run, Rob runs into the house and I'm like, what is going on? Apparently one of the grapes had fallen on the ground and Luca was freaking out. My husband didn't want to pick it up and give it to him. He just wanted to drive and he was screaming. He wanted to drive back to the parking lot for me to come back to the parking lot as well and to repeat the whole scenario like give him five grapes again exactly how I did it before and then we could all come home and he couldn't get past it and so he's screaming like you have to go back we have to go back you have to go back we gotta go back you gotta go back and need mom to give it to me again we have to go back and he just he would get locked on that thought and you can't get him past it and so I mean we tried being patient we tried 
just letting it go. And he, you know, this, so it had been about 20 minutes and then he's doing the same with me. Mom, we got to go back. You have to go back. I need to get back in the car. And he's pulling away from me to try to get back in, to strap himself in. And he just gets locked and, and I'm then screaming. And then it's like, it was just this whole really torturous scenario. And, and it was about an hour to get him to calm down and like come in the house and even throughout the rest of the night he kept bringing it up and kept bringing it up and we need to go back I have to go back and so that was it was hard because he was when he did something wrong he would go back and repeat it like if he walks down the stairs and he bonks his head or trips on a step he goes back up to the top of the stairs and he does it again and so we were fine with that because we're like that's a little bit of perfectionist maybe mm-hmm. OCD behavior but when it came to everybody needs to re- reset to what they were doing 10, 15 minutes ago, and you have a two-year-old, I'm like, that is not happening. Your baby sister is not going back. I don't. I have no idea where she was 10 minutes ago, and, and he needed things to reset um, to do it again in order to calm down. And like, we can't do this. And and it was happening in school, and it was like that. You can't you can't make everybody go back to where they were. Like you have to go on. And so we, we had the paint cards, the paint swatches, and um, we wrote on the blue one, which was not his favorite, and it had different shades of blue, things that he could do, or things that happened when he started to tantrum in his body to try to get him back in his body to be present. So he wrote it down, you know, eyes watering, nose watering, mommy and daddy's voices get louder, um, different things. And then we wrote on the red one, which was his favorite, that had different shades of red, things he could do that would make him feel better. So we talked about it and came up with things together, like a hug or going up in his room and wrapping in a blanket or listening to music or drinking some water. And so it was amazing. The next tantrum that he had, I grabbed the cards and he like stopped and he we read through the cards and, I, and he was like feeling his face and the water coming out of his eyes and the nose. And he was like, and I goes, did mama's voice get loud? And he's like, it did. And so I'm like, okay, let's look at the red card. What can we do to help you feel better? And he looked at it and he was like, I need a hug. And so I gave him a hug. And then, and he kept talking about it. I mean, so we talked about it for about a half an hour about like what he was upset about, but we were talking and, and he would start to get upset about it and we'd come back and, and I was like, this is amazing. And so they started going from hours to half an hour for a couple weeks and then to like 15 minutes and then to the point where I didn't even have to pull out the cards. I would just mention them and he'd be like, no cards. I don't want any cards. I just, I'm done with the cards. Yeah. Just like the pacifier. <laughs> I'm done with the cards. I got the tools. And then he got to the point where he was reading and so he just wanted a paint card that had multiple colors on it that he could read the names of the colors because he got a kick out of Toucan Sun and Epiphany for pink. And so he'd just, as soon as he'd get upset about something, I'd pull out a paint card and he'd read the names. And it would just get him out. It would get him out of it enough to think about something else. And then sometimes we'd come back to talking about what he was upset about and sometimes we wouldn't. And I was like, this is amazing. Like this is It's amazing the amount of energy that you had to do in those initial sessions like to to just dive in because obviously you want to help him move forward and that's just gotta that's just gotta fatigue you like mentally like to sit there and be patient like patience is is probably everything with helping luca yeah i've always been a really patient person and everything i've ever done like job-wise or anything has prepped me for 
what I'm doing. It always I does. Know. And <laughs> when you're talking about the some like just the the two different sides of how the experience could go, like he can feel like okay, there's something like a volcano bubbling up, and all you do is pull out a paint card. Yeah, like that seems so simple, and it reminds me of a conversation we were just having last night, PJ, about like these these tools to really live a life in flow, a, a life that is doesn't mean that there won't be intensities and challenges, but that your suffering can be can be so uh, minimized. The tools to do those things, to overcome negative thoughts, to get on the other side of fear, to get out of an get out of a life that you feel stuck, the tools are so simple. Mm-hmm. They're so simple that it's hard for our complex minds and the intellect to buy into them. And I think that the experience with Luca is so raw. Yeah, it's so raw. Like there's just not. It's just it's right there, blasting in your face. And the tools, the repetition of the tools and the progression, right? And really the progression moved into more simplicity. Yeah. That's what, what quells him. It's just the simplicity of, okay, this is all I need. One, two, and three. Okay, that's great. I just need to read these words. Yeah. And, and now I can get to the other side of that without yeah. having to go up, you know, um, ride the wave, right? We can ride the wave and have it place us onto shore, or we can ride the wave and fight back and scrape our faces along the rocks. Yeah. You know, like, and then it, like another one crashes on top and we're fighting it. Yeah. But that you can, you can still have like super intense moments, but that the ride into the other side can be smoother through the most simple tools. Yeah. It's like, it's just, backing out of the complexity of life and seeing that the solutions really are that they are that simple yeah and with repetition they become a part of you well and since I'm a yoga teacher I was like I'll teach him breathing we'll do breathing and that's going to calm him and so we tried and I had like you know my fingers up and I'm like blow out the candles and he'd blow out each finger as a candle to but that just didn't work for him because that's not him that's me and so I had to get to what what's him and he's so mentally aware and and so reading words is so calming and soothing for him and then we were having really amazing conversations about like why they would have named epiphany pink and why stiletto love might mean red and you know like I'm like okay how do I explain this one to you this is interesting but you're now having that exchange <laughs> yeah but which was the exchange yeah. you were having with your daughter that mm-hmm. made you realize like oh wait a minute I'm not having that with him and now you're having that yeah so you're coming out of the like you feeling like oh my god this is this is a life we can do yeah and I think the biggest thing was this last th- uh, speech therapy training that my husband and I took and that was one of the first things they taught us was as parents you come in with an agenda and you're like this is how my kid's gonna be and like you know the dad like we're gonna play sports and here's what we're gonna do and so come and play ball with me and let's do this and let's do that and meanwhile the kid is like no, you know, I'm going to draw. And, and then Terrence are like, he's lazy. And he's, you know, and we were kind of falling into that trap. And But meanwhile, he's drawing. He would draw for eight hours a day, these amazing things. And so if I could sit and take the time to draw with him, all of a sudden he'd light up. And he was right there with me and engaging. And we were chatting. And, the, you know, it just, it took us being like, oh, we need to come to you. Meet him where he's at. Yeah, mm-hmm. and not have these expectations of who you're supposed to be and milestones you're supposed to meet. And let's just let you be you and, and, and enjoy you there because that's, that's 
what we love about him. So, how is the relationship between Ariana uh, and Aviana? Luca? Aviana, sorry. Yeah. No, that's okay. It's amazing now. Um, it was <laughs> when she first started walking and and taking toys away. He would shove her. He would just two hands just push the baby away, and he called her baby. He was like, baby, I don't like you. Like, get away from my stuff. And um, this was, of course, before we knew all this stuff. And um, but, but he was so good with language because we would be like, Luca, you can't push your sister. And, and I'm like, he's not getting that because this is not, it's not stopping. And so finally I sat down and talked to him and I'm like, it's okay to be frustrated with your sister if she's taking your toys and things, but you need to use your words and you need to say, I'm frustrated with you. Or come and tell mama, I'm frustrated with Aviana. And so I remember he was out in the backyard and she was coming to take something from him. And I saw and I saw him through the window and he pulled his arms back and he goes, baby, I'm frustrated with you. I'm frustrated with you. <laughs> Which, you know, was his echolalia, like taking it in and spitting it out. But again, in the appropriate instance, but I just, you just heard him yelling, I'm frustrated. And he's th- three and he's like, I'm frustrated with you. But he didn't push her. And, um, and then it, when she started talking and, um, it's really fun now because socially they're almost <laughs> level playing fields. Um, and in fact, she's much more playful and imaginative. Like she would grab a pine cone and pretend it was a baby. And he'd be like, that's not a baby. That's a pine cone. And she's like, no, look how cute my baby is. You want to hold it? And he's like, it's a pine cone. It's not a baby. But now he's getting to the point where he'll play along with her. And, and he'll be like, oh, it's a cute baby. Should we brush its hair? Like he's trying to like figure that out, but he's trying, and they're they're doing really well together. They're 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 like siblings. Now they're like she did this and he did that, and you know. So and you couldn't imagine it being any other way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's amazing right now. So tell us the the evolution of <laughs> I Am Love. So after his diagnosis, and after we kind of came to grips with what we were dealing with. <clears throat> I really wanted to help other kids, and um, I started taking classes again. I was a little nervous, like, I, don't, I still don't know what's going to come out, because I still think I'm holding on to some things deep in my hips. <laughs> um, it'll come out at some point. But uh, I took this class, and I was laying in Shavasana, and this term... First, let me backtrack, because Luca had, um, <clears throat> when he was obsessed with letters, he would get really frustrated. We'd have some meltdowns even at the grocery store. He was obsessed with fonts, to be particular. After he got the letters, oh, he BJ, wanted to you're know. a little obsessed with fonts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like, I was calling him out yesterday, like, contact. <laughs> yeah, actually, you know what? We were kind of having some discovery on the way here because, like, if we're making a grocery list and I write on it after he's already written on it, he's like, that's not the same font. So I wish Luca was here because I think you guys would get along really well. <laughs> he was upset. He just, he learned the letter and then he was so frustrated because there was this P was different than that one and why and why is that different and so we we'd go to the grocery store and it would literally take us like 20 minutes to get down an aisle because he needed to look at each package and look at the fonts and um, I was like okay this is not working I, I love the grocery store too but we can't be here for three hours as much as I would love to um so we we would come home and I would print out a whole list of fonts and we would go through and just kind of trace and see what the essence of it was. And that was a whole nother lesson, mama lesson that I did is I was like, 
you know, we're all so different, but when we come back to sort of the basis, we're all the same. And so you can read that that letter is a P, even though it's got all these fancy things on it, you just come back to its essence. And that's what yoga was about, was just taking and peeling away all those layers to come back to the basis of who you are. And um, so we got through the fonts and then he started to notice words on glass doors and windows and you'd walk inside and it would be in reverse. And he was like, what, wait a minute, that L was just the other way a second ago. Why is it this way now? And it, it just, his mind couldn't quite grasp that. And so he would ask me and we would talk about it. And we talked about it maybe about 30 or 40 times about, okay, we'll come over here and then come back over here. And we would do this several times. And I think he finally got it. And then, because I noticed him drawing on the our planner boxes in the backyard with his chalk, because he would draw for hours a day, and I saw he, he wrote love, and he wrote it backwards. <clears throat> and so I came out, because he had been doing that a, a lot. Kids do that when they're first learning their letters. So I came out with a rag, and I was like, hey, buddy, you know, it's, I love that you wrote love <laughs> on the planner boxes, but let's erase it, and let's write it the right way from left to right, like we've been practicing. And he was like, no, 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 mama. He said, I wrote it that way so the plants could read it from the inside. And I, I sort of like kind of dropped my rag and kind of came in the house and just sort of sat to let that digest for a second because I was like, of course you would write it that way. Like, why write it the other way? Like the word love wasn't for us to read. It was for the plants. And I, I'm like, that was really amazing. And I, so that I sat down and wrote it out so I would remember it. And Rob and I had been trying to figure out how to tell everybody what we were going through because we had been telling people when we'd see them personally, but we really wanted to get it out there on social media because we were tired of telling people. And, and, and we wanted, because we were realizing that it wasn't this death sentence and it wasn't this horrible thing. We just didn't know about it. And so we were like, let's tell people what we're going through and maybe we can be a force to help people if they're considering it or, or you know. So I, so I wrote that story and, and I sent it out there on social media and we got such great feedback from it. It was just to say, here's what we're going through. And it's not to say that Luca's wrong or, you know, anything. It's just he thinks differently. And so how do we, how do we work with him now? So then... Fast forward to laying in Shavasana, and I'm thinking about this story, and I'm thinking about Luca, and just the, the word love in reverse, and, and sort of evolution came to my mind, where I was like, this is my opportunity, this is something I have to do something with, and I call it downloads, because I really believe it's like chakras, that seventh chakra <laughs> if you're connected and especially in shavasana if you're paying attention you might get a hit you might be like oh here's what i'm supposed to do with my life it literally just came to me and overwhelmed me and i was like i and i started thinking about all the jobs that i've ever had and i'm like i need to start a business and um i've had marketing experience i i was a promo model for like Blackberry when Blackberries first came out like and I learned how to walk up and talk to random people and I teach yoga I'm like I have to do something with this this is I had been as a yoga teacher I had been searching for what's my brand everybody's like you gotta have a brand what's your brand and I'm like I'm just it's yoga like I can't I couldn't wrap my head around 
me being a brand and I was trying and it just wasn't clicking and I was like this is a brand and and it's not my brand but it's a brand that Luca and I have sort of birthed together because it's it's kind of the combination of the two of us of his mind and the incredible way that it works and my ability as a yoga teacher to see things from a different perspective and I'm like this is us and my husband was out of town I'm like I have to do something with this and he was gone for about a week and I filed for an LLC I set up a website and I started making bracelets and I I picked him up at the airport and um I was like because you know he's the business one of the two of us and and um I I, he got in the car and he's like you know I missed you how are you and I go I'm going to need you to not talk for the ride home, which will take about 45 minutes. I'm just, I'm going to need to tell you some things that I've been doing. And I just need you to not talk because it's still in its infancy and and I'm not open to suggestions or opinions at the moment. And he was like, "Um, okay, okay. Uh, what did you do? Like his mind's racing. I'm like, so I filed for an LLC. I'm starting to put together a trademark. <laughs> like uh, we have a website and we're selling bracelets. And he was like, okay, okay then. And he was so afraid to like give me any sort of feedback. So I was like, just let me get it going and then we can talk. And he was like, okay. But it was so healing for me because I was putting the kids to bed and I was downloading the you know the articles from autism that I had learned from and I was putting them out there and I was just piecing it together and I was doing it all myself and I and I was like how can I turn what Luca did this story into something for everybody because it's not just about autism it's about we we all beat ourselves up and we you know we show up to take yoga classes because because we don't we're not happy with our bodies and and then we have to wear the right clothes because you know, so-and-so is wearing those clothes and then we have to drive the right car and do we have the right job? And it's just a constant barrage of all these messages coming in to look and feel and be a certain way. And, and all he did was write love backwards. And it was like, no, that's what it's about. It's about, okay, I have to just stop worrying about all that and how people see me. And I just have to start loving who I am and who he is, and who my husband is, and we all just have to start loving ourselves for who we are. And so the first thing that I could think of was, I'll make bracelets. <laughs> and I always joked when I'm leading chakra trainings, I'm like, pay attention to the downloads that you get that are way out in left field, because those ones are like direct hits from God or source or whoever you believe in, because those ones, ha- you have no fears or judgments or anything attached to because they're not in your history. And so I was just like, that's what, how it came through. I was like, I'm making bracelets. <laughs> I made a bracelet in my life. Yeah, I was going to say, do you have experience making bracelets? No. <laughs> I was like, I love bracelets and that's I have great. some. And I, so I'm like, so I made the simplest ones that I could come up with. I ordered material from India, from women who live in impoverished areas who they would just cut the strips off of the end of material of stuff they had made. And then there was all these end pieces. And I was like, I want those. Oh, from all their beautiful saris. Yeah. yeah. So they shipped me those. And it was these impoverished, impoverished women. So I'm like, well, that's a good thing to start with. And then I was sewing the edges of them because my mom had shown me how to use the sewing machine that she gave me years ago that had never come off the shelf. <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm sewing now too. And uh, and then I found a, a woman who could make me these bracelet plates that said love backwards. And so she made those and shipped them to me. And I was just threading the things through and wrapping them up. And 
taking pictures and putting them online and like, let's see how this goes, but it's written in reverse and it tells the story and, and what's, when was this? This was, uh, so I filed for the company in August and so everything was up in September. Of, of 2016? Yeah. 2016. And so how has it grown or evolved since then? Yeah. Like it's what good, is it? Good word. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Isn't that just so funny? Yeah. How it worked, how the love backwards is evolved. Yeah. So my husband luckily was like, let's get the trademark. Let's do that. Uh, and so that's a really long process. And I'm trying, I was trying to do everything very low budget. Like I did the whole website myself. I did everything at the beginning. And, um, so I filed for the trademark, like I did all this research, like how do you do it? And I did it through LegalZoom and filed, and it's a long, long process. And, um, and then we, we started telling more and more. Of course, the first several people to order were all of our friends and family, which was awesome. And, and I was like, you know, this is just going towards helping Luca and then towards helping other kids because originally I wanted it to be a nonprofit to start. And my sister's like, why don't you start by helping Luca because he's your son and that's why you're doing this and then you can help other kids I know as, as a yoga like, teacher okay. sometimes we're like I just want to I'll you know you can have that yeah. I don't need anything and I'll be provided for it yes. it's like meanwhile yeah so, meanwhile you still have to live in the world yeah. right and I, I'm like you like I can get really far out on the rails yeah. of spirituality and then I realize like it's this balance of living in the world but not of it yeah I think yeah. giving away our stuff was a good Yeah, like example. I gave away everything we <laughs> She was giving away stuff in our house. Yeah. And I'm like, let's let's just wait a minute. There's some stuff here we can probably finance our trip like at least the gas to like, get to our first I mean, location. Really like amazing <laughs> like pottery barn, thousands of dollars. Like, we don't like, need just it. take it. Just well, like, take it. Fifty bucks here, sixty bucks there. Was, I know. You were yeah. good. Like he was yeah. good coming in. Yeah, with reality, it. Yeah. right? Yeah. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Because I was like, I need to do this. And then yeah, it's amazing. Cause I'm like, how do I what is an LLC? Like and luckily. I, I, and so I, I relied Thank God on... for LegalZoom. We love LegalZoom too. Well, and I looked into the yoga world because it's such an amazing community and I have friends in there that have done amazing things and so I reached out to them and I'm like, tell me how to start. Like, what do I do? Like, what, hey, step A. And I had a really amazing girl, a friend of mine who, who started her own business who's done a couple now and so she's like, here's what you do. Um, she's been amazing. And then... Um, things started to blossom from there and around Christmas I was doing some booths at different pop-up things and I was setting up so at that point we had shirts and we had hats and everything I was designing just finding people to, to do the printing for me and um, I, we had a, a guy come up who was a potential investor well we didn't know at the time but he kept he stayed around and like heard the story and then kept coming back and he's like it's such a cool concept and and he's like, have you considered any partners? And I was like, listen, I work at my dining room table between the hours of 8.30 and 11.30 p.m. when the kids are asleep. I don't even know what that means. But then I, so it sort of opened my mind to that. And, and the cool thing about that, um, that didn't ever work out, but it, it switched my mindset to be like, oh, this is something really cool and a value and, and something that people are drawn to and that they need to hear more of in their lives to, to love. And it, it kind of got my husband on board as well, where we were like, okay, we need to ramp it up and, and maybe get somebody who's a little more professional to do the website and see what's going on with the trademark. So then we hired a lawyer 
for the trademark, a trademark attorney, and he was going to hand me off to his assistant because he's like, I'm about 90% sure that you're not going to get this trademark. Just He's like, I'm being totally honest with you. And I was like, oh. Why? Why did you think you wouldn't get it? I had done the research, but I'm not an attorney. And he's like, there's this one that's too similar and this one. And he pointed Mm. him out. And I'm like, so I was bummed. So we started to put into works a new trademark. But he handed me off to his assistant. She was really sweet because he was going to be leaving and retiring. And she was going to be taking over. And she was really sweet. She goes, let's just wait and see before we file anything new. She goes, you know, here's the steps we'll take if we need to. She goes, let's just wait. And you're trying to trademark what? The... The love backwards? Love backwards. Okay. With, with the heart for the V, because that's how Luca had written it. So um, it's specific. It's not just... The, it's, just it's not just love backwards, because you can't trademark yep. love. But love completely in reverse, but with a heart for the V. And she goes, let's just let's wait it out. Um, she goes, in the meantime, I'll, I'll do some research on this new one you're considering. And, and she did. And, and she's like, that one will be fine, but let's just wait. And um, a few months later, we got... A, this she called me and she's like I can't believe this she goes there she goes it's not approved yet she goes they just need a little bit more information she goes but you're right there she's like all you have to do is submit me a b and c and you've got it and I was like what (laughs) she's like yeah like you she goes I can't believe this is happening right now but it's it's happening And, and so I submitted it and um two weeks ago we finally got the registration it's such a long process but uh, it's just all these little things that keep telling me, like, keep going. Like, this is... Keep following the next breadcrumb. Like, yeah. And when things, like, when I try to go an opposite way and it's like I'm hitting on closed doors, I'm like, come back. What What's the reason behind this and what's the intention? Because it can't be about all that other stuff. And I have to keep coming, keep coming back to the intention because... You know, running a business is like profit and loss and all these mm-hmm. new things that as a yogi I'm like it's really fun and a really good practice for me to be like sit down and I lo- I've always loved spreadsheets I'm a Virgo so I'm I'm kind of anal about little details um so that's been fun and really good for my Virgo mind um but it's it's so it's grown and we've gotten a trademark and we have a, an amazing new website and I'm working with some charities who I'm donating to, which is awesome. What are some of those charities? Autism Speaks, which is great for information, and they have lots of programs and things going on. And then at the end of last year, I donated to a local charity called Autism Tree. And the reason I picked them is because they offer free screenings for kids, preschool-aged kids or or younger if you're Mm. concerned. Because that was our biggest thing is when we were thinking about it, we're like, okay, where do we go? Like, how do we start? And so I'm like, thank God they're doing that. And especially for people that don't have insurance or, and they just want, they need to know. So we, we gave back to them. Our goal is to develop a, our own foundation, but you know, that's, it takes time to set that all up. So we're just trying to establish the brand, what it is. And, and Luca's doing so well now and, and is now they're, they're mainstreaming him into kindergarten this fall. Because um, he did so well in in the preschool program that they had him in for a year and a half, and so he'll still have some help with with some social speech skills, but he's so smart, <laughs> he's reading like crazy, and and so I know you know I have to be his advocate, especially as we get into mainstream school now. That's when parents are like, now it's now it's your real child because you got to keep the services mm-hmm. and keep eyes on him and. And I have, so, I have a lot of friends who are like, you know, we thought that maybe our kid, but we didn't want that diagnosis to follow him through school. And, you know, we didn't want that stigma or whatever. And I'm like, I'm trying to shift that perspective. And then it's not that. It's 
it's a tool. Like it's, you know, it doesn't define who he is, but it helps us to figure out how to help him. It's like, um, it's like the directional in a car, you know, like, you know, you've got this blinker and you know, it goes on so you can take that right turn. And now everybody knows where you're going. Right. And so people can support that by not driving in front of you, you know, or, or giving you those, those brick walls to go against that. It's, it's like a directional tool. And, um, I sometimes struggle as a yogi with all the labels that we have. And because I think that a lot of times people, they get so bogged down with their labels that, you know, I've got this and that and this and that, that you end up putting yourself in a cage. Mm-hmm. But it seems like you've used this diagnosis more as a, a facilitator for your direction. Yeah. Right? Like, what would you have to, what do you have to say about that? Like, just kind of the the labels and, like, the people who say, like, I don't, I don't want my son to be shadowed by that or... Yeah, I just, I, because I'm with you, the labels are tough, but the, it's given us a jumping off point to be like, okay, and, and, and why, um, like, I felt like I was treading water and I needed a platform to jump off of. Um, and that was the platform. Okay. Autism. Okay. What does that mean? And what does that look like? And, and now how can we swim from there? Because, because it just, otherwise you're like, okay, well, is it this? Is it that? You know, you, it, it just, I don't know, it helped us kind of clarify and, yeah. and so that it was easier to find services and, um, you know, to work with our insurance even, you know, those little things to be like, okay, what services can we get? And there's so many great services through the school district if you can find them and if you find the right teachers. I mean, special education teachers are just amazing humans um so we were really blessed to find some that were fantastic because they get into that for a reason because they they love so kids. he was diagnosed at four and he's is he he's five now like mm-hmm. you said so i mean this has all happened yeah i know <laughs> a new business <laughs> trademark yeah i know i i um yeah it's, the paint cards like When you look back at your life, you know, five years ago, and and if somebody gave you this vision, what would you have, how would you have navigated that? Well, it's funny because maybe uh, six months, six months maybe before he was diagnosed, I was taking a training and we were doing yoga nidra. Um, cause it was a yin training. So we were doing deeper and deeper meditation as well. And I had a vision with Luca and he was maybe a teenager and he and I were in a hotel room because we were like involved in some kind of a conference mm. and, and we were in the hotel room doing yoga together. And I was like, that's interesting. You know, I like, I remember coming out and telling my teacher about it and being like, I just have this feeling that somehow Luca and I will do something together and and I had no idea you know that that it might be something like this and and so I'm hoping at some point to be able to to bridge the two the yoga and the and the autism we'll we'll see like right now it's it's my thing yoga is me and oh and it's so hard not to want to push that agenda right? yeah because we yeah. know we're like but but this is why yeah. we're all here yeah. we're supposed to meditate and do yoga <laughs> don't you guys know that yeah <laughs> um 
so I, I keep looking at the yoga as just sort of my sanity and something that feeds my soul so that I can keep coming and, and giving to him. Um, but and see and see, yeah, where it, it takes you. So to people out there, and there's so many people out there that are treading water. Yeah. And I, lo- I love how you said that. Like just kind of treading water and maybe scared to remove that doubt. Whatever it may be, it could be treading water in, in a marriage that's not filling you up or yeah. that it's done and you know it. Or a job that's not filling you up or you know you're off your path or your purpose. What is the most important thing people can do to, to get themselves out of that? that limbo like what would be the first step for somebody to start to be able to see that the water can become clear again yeah um like over baggage (laughs) when I first finished my teacher training I came up with my own meditation (laughs) which was like you're running through an airport and you're like, you've got all your bags with you because you have to catch this flight. And so you're wheeling a bag and you've got a backpack and you've got your carry-on and you're like running through the airport. And how much easier would it be if you could just maybe even like let go of one of those pieces or take the heavy stuff out, you know, or just be like, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm not attached to that stuff. And if it doesn't make it on my destination, it's okay. And so letting that suitcase leave that in the terminal and keep going and then and then realizing, oh my God, that made me a little bit lighter. So what if I take off my backpack? Could I get there even quicker, you know? And so just kind of slowly peeling away the layers of the stuff. And, and, and that's what it was is we had these judgments about who our son was supposed to be or what our lives look, were supposed to look like, you know, married with two kids. And, you know, like you said, people are like, you're supposed to do this and you're supposed to do that. And... You know, even as a yoga teacher, we're supposed to have this many people in your class and you're supposed to have this many followers on your Instagram account. And it was just all these things that I was like, I just, I need to start peeling away the stuff and the expectations, especially because those were heavy and they were pulling me down in the water. So I was like, I need to let go of that so that I can catch this flight that I'm meant to be on and, and, and take it without all the baggage because that's, that's where we're at we just we're, we're flying now and 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 then we're grounding thank god to my husband but we're 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 on an amazing journey an incredible journey and, and i've met so many people through sharing our story that i can't imagine not having those people in our lives and and just the honesty and the truth and really being real with people is is so refreshing and so nice as opposed to trying to put on a show of of what life is supposed to be and just being like, look, this is, this is hard. Today was hard. Okay. It's amazing how, you know, I have a a love, a hate relationship with, with social media. Um, I love it in the way that it connects people. And, and, but sometimes I get overwhelmed with, I'm supposed to put X amount of posts up there and, you know, everybody's supposed to look good and everybody say cheese. And <laughs> yeah, where are the bad days posted? No one posts bad days. But it's amazing when I do post about the bad days <laughs> and I'm like, today was rough and I lost my voice screaming at Luca and, and, and I had to sit with myself and that guilt and that was hard and <laughs> to, to, to beat up myself. But to be like, uh, and to put that out there too and, and to have so many more people respond mm-hmm. than on the good days. Where people will be like, okay. We're here to lift you up. I remember um, my sister was diagnosed with breast cancer four years ago. And I, uh, she called to tell me right as I was walking in to teach a class. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to teach this class right now. And thank God it was 
you know, my regulars, and uh, it was a wall Wednesday, we called it, because we always used the wall, and I needed the wall, I needed to, like, hold myself up, and I always say a prayer at the beginning of my classes, and um, I said, and I told everybody what I was going through, and I'm like, I'm just, I'm really, I, I show up every week to hold you up, and to, to be here for you, and, and I just really need you to hold me up this week, so let's just hold one another up if we can, and, and I'm sobbing, and everybody's sobbing, and I'm like, let's just... Let's do this. But it, for me in that moment, after I left that class, I'm like, that's how I'm teaching, you know, not crying every week, but I'm done teaching people how to have a six pack or I'm done showing up so that they can sweat. Like if that's their, what they're there to do, great. And, and they can figure that out. I'm there to hold space and I'm there to do, to teach it how I love to teach it in a way that, that, that I read your bodies and I give that feedback. And, and so I was like, that's it, I'm done with the expectations of having a certain amount of people in my class wearing this right things. I was like, I just, I'm gonna show up for the healing and, and my own as much as my students. So whoever's drawn to that, let's do this. And, and if you're not, great. There's so many other teachers out there, <laughs> you know, find them, find your teacher. It's so, it's so important to have your raw, authentic self. Yeah. I think people, gravitate to those posts and you as a teacher because that's really what they want to be themselves they want to be as open as you are and as authentic i think <laughs> at least what we've seen through social media yeah i think when you put yourself out there and you strip those layers it's like it's you like yeah. and and you you embrace everything about you and people just really can gravitate to that yeah. i think they're the ones that have trouble shedding that shedding those layers and yeah. for you to be there as a voice and a leader for them to to sort of be inspired to maybe take yeah. that home with them. Yeah. And that's why the brand when it was born was so relevant and so awesome for me. So I'm like, how what can I make <laughs> that reminds people to mm. send love inward? What can I like, you know, it's not about the shirts or the bracelets or the hats like it doesn't matter what I'm making. How do I how do I sell shifting perspective? How do I get people to, to do that and and so that's what's been fun about it and trying to figure that out and and so I keep finding all these movements uh, you know little bracelets that ha that have created a big shift in perspective you know and and reminders and little armbands whatever it is and so I'm like okay I just it's a little thing but it it represents so much more it represents such an awesome story from my amazing kiddo you know and it just represents everything that i am about about that shift about stopping all that <laughs> stuff so that you can find and feel and be love because in the end you can't take your baggage with you and and you're gonna have to fly or or let somebody catch you so you gotta let go at some point <laughs> I think that's a perfect place mm -hmm. to, to end. Oh my gosh, Yay. what an amazing story. I really think that there's so much to take away from it. Like the story is of Luca, but it's Luca can be so many different things in people's lives. Yeah. Thank you guys so I much. I think that's How it. Fun. I love yeah. it. I just want to have a shirt that my soul can see that I love it. <laughs> Let's get you a All shirt. All the time. <laughs> All right, you guys. Okay. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. And Wendy, yeah. thanks so much thanks, for having Wendy. us Thank over you. to the Love Nerve Center. Yes, so grateful. Namaste. <laughs> I am love. Beautiful, right? 
Needless to say, I've been rocking my Eval shirt a lot these days and looking into the mirror every chance I get, but not for the reasons that I used to look in the mirror, like to inspect my wrinkles or look at my flat, limp hair, but now I look into the mirror because when I have that shirt on, all I see front and center is the word love. And to me, just wearing that shirt is an effortless perspective shift. So highly recommend getting to her site and gifting some of these awesome, beautiful creations of Wendy's to yourself and people that you love. So I hope you guys enjoyed the show today. Let us know what you think. I want to thank everyone who has left a review on iTunes. You guys are freaking awesome. Okay, here's the goal. I'm putting it out there. Our short-term goal is to get 100 reviews by the end of August. Are you guys in for this? Okay, well, you better be because you're hearing it and it's a download and there's no mistake, all right? So from the number of downloads we get every week, funny enough, downloads, with the podcast, this should be a really easy goal to attain. Go to iTunes and express yourself. Share it with the world. Let them know what you think about the show and how it's been affecting your life. In last week's outro, I was saying that, you know, I'm busy and I've got reviews to write. Well, instead of just staying in that story about being busy and having reviews to write, I looked at it a little deeper and realized that my delay was that I didn't know exactly what I was going to write. And then I realized in that moment of space between my lame, excuseful thought, I just went to the page. I just went to the page of the person I wanted to support and I started typing and out came this beautiful review and it took three minutes. Okay, so this is very simple math, all right? I'm not a mathematician, but here it is. The amount of time it took me to leave the review was far less the amount of time that I had already spent thinking about it. So maybe that's true for you too. All right, so go there now, leave it and move on. We are so grateful for your support. Keep tuning in. Sign up for our newsletter on yogitriathlete.com. We've got a cookbook coming to you soon, and it's awesome. Use the Amazon banner ad on the blog post for this episode. It doesn't cost you a thing, but if you use it at checkout, it throws some coins our way, and it helps us keep the show alive. Check out the Patreon page. For those of you that want to support the show financially, this is huge in the longevity of the Yogi Triathlete podcast. We're going to go as long as we can go, but your pledges are so helpful in stringing that line out longer. All right. We're all Yogi Triathletes, you guys. We're in it for the long haul. We're in it for the good of all, and that includes you. We've got some awesome guests for you lined up during our stay here in Boulder, so we'll catch up again next week. Stay tuned. Not just to the show, but to your life, to the signs that are being sent your way, and for the everlasting, as in not going anywhere, endless abyss of love that is within each one of us.